0: i thankful, of course, for what he did share and um, grateful to him for dealing with this important subject. And I uh, want us to look at James chapter 5 and really look at one verse that's going to sort of be the outline of what I present today. James 5 and verse 16 Reads there, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. One of the most important aspects of prayer that we need to recognize is that prayer, uh, let me ask just briefly, who is prayer for? That's for us, right? You know, it's not like we're praying to give more prayer points to God so he can watch this meter fill up so he can do what he needs to do, right? It's for us. And when we think about improving our prayers, we need to think about this in the concept, at least in one aspect, of what benefit am I getting out of this? And what benefit are my fellow Christians getting out of this? How, what benefit, you know, what is it, what good is it doing? And I think Andrew really dealt with that very well. Um, I wanted to specifically look at some aspects of this verse in terms of what we're talking about, sort of continuing this discussion, continuing this thought about uh, improving our prayers. And uh, a few of the things that really, it just boils down to the basic uh, basic idea that uh, we need to be willing to confess we want to talk about that we want to talk about our prayers how does that work into this in the sense of being healed and what does that mean and i would echo what andrew said that primarily our focus needs to be on the spiritual healing that is present and available as uh, given by god and encouraged uh, by the scriptures for us to search for and seek for so we're looking at you know the benefit that we have and in fact, uh, this same, uh, we won't really look at it very bre- uh, very much, but the idea of the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Before we even really begin to talk about this, we've got to recognize, of course, what Jesus, for example, says in Matthew 7, that if I want to go and correct someone, I've got to make sure I get get the log out of my eye. And if I want my prayers to be effective, they've got to be, uh, from someone who's righteous, someone who's right with God, and they have to be fervent, meaning they have to be real, they have to be impassioned. They they they, they can't be something that I'm just praying off the top of my head. And again, these are these are aspects that Andrew dealt with very well, uh, and I don't I don't mean to kind of keep going over things that he went over, but I'm uh, really thankful for uh, for for what he did. Well, let's talk about this. Confess your trespasses to one another. One of the biggest powerful uh, aspects of prayer when we think about confession and what that really means. Uh, Back to Vines, the the word means basically a public acknowledgement or confession of sins. Thayer's defines it as forth from the heart freely or publicly openly. The idea of confession is something that is tied to something public it seems at least as far as uh, what we see in this verse. And uh, I think we recognize in the Bible that there are at least three types of confession. We've got a public confession of Christ, right? Paul talks about uh, confessing Christ, and that that leads to our salvation, Romans 10 and verse 10. So we've got that public confession of Christ that, in fact, we uh, undergo when we initially become a Christian. But, of course, we have the private confession of sin to God. In Psalm 51 and verse 4, David says to God, Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. There are times, of course, when there is a sin that only God knows about. We confess that to him. We make it clear and known to him uh, and to ourselves. We come to that term where we understand that and we, we, we uh make that clear but then of course there is a, also the public confession of sin I would believe that Second Samuel twelve thirteen, 13 uh, for example some people will take a look at Psalm 51 4 and say well you don't need public confession David just he just had to confess the sin with Bathsheba to God and that was it well I believe in Second uh, Samuel 12 it says that David said to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord and Nathan said to David the Lord also has put away your sin you shall not die I believe that would count as a public confession. David is making it clear that he knows that what he did was wrong. And so, uh, again, I know we're talking about prayer here, but confession is a big part of prayer. And we need to understand uh, confession. Do we confess our sins to others? In uh, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Again, I know this is, we're talking about primarily confession toward God but uh, but the confession of trespasses, right uh, we may need the help of others to stop sinning. We know that trespasses are sins. First John 5:16 says if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death there is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that and I may be off about this again you know, welcome your comments and thoughts about this. I believe part of what that verse is telling us is that when we see Christians in these uh, uh, troublesome ways, in places where they're getting wrapped up in this sin, but they want to do the right thing, and and they have this desire to do the right thing, but they just keep getting wrapped up in this sin, we need to be praying for them and hoping that they change, right? Uh, Samuel, uh, when the people were sad about the fact they'd asked for a king, and Samuel said, I'm not going to do wrong uh, by stopping praying for you. And I think the reason was, was they wanted to be right with the Lord. They had that right motivation. But in that same verse, of course, we say, it says there's a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. I get the sense there that uh, there are times, of course, when people, they don't care about uh, whether they're continuing to sin. And we don't necessarily pray toward those. We still pray for them, of course, but... We can't pray necessarily for their good. Uh, more about that in just a minute. But you know, we we may come to services and people ask you, know, "How are you doing?" And we might respond with a with a smile that we're that, that we're doing good. And we may respond this way, even though we may have serious issues that we're struggling with that need attention. First um, John one eight through ten talks about. The fact that, of course, if we have sin and we're not we're not admitting it, there's a problem there. And in verse 9, he says, uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So the idea that we confess our sins to God. But what I'm saying essentially is, let's not be fake. Let's be earnest. Let's admit that from time to time we have struggles and problems that we're working through. Uh, Admit that maybe we're not where we should be as individuals and as a congregation. We need clarity, right? We need to be able to trust our brothers and sisters. Now, not all doubt and trouble is sin, of course, but it always leads back to sin. So whatever I'm dealing with, whatever struggles I'm dealing with in my life, it's either going to be my sin that is causing this or someone else's. And uh, again, my struggle may not be with my sin, but the sin of others. So if someone's having trouble in their life, if someone is uh, going through depression or anxiety or some uh, instance of that, let's not assume that it's their sin and they simply need to study the Bible more. Uh, Confession of these sins involves a need to trust our brothers and sisters. And I say this because you you can see in in the Bible examples of people suffering, not because of things that they've done wrong but because of the sins of others. Uh, Look in Acts chapter 4, when the disciples are praying to God concerning the threats and the persecution that they were under. And he's saying, now Lord, behold their threats. Behold what they're doing wrong. They were suffering, not because of things they had done wrong, but because of someone else. And so when we are dealing with these problems, keeping everything bottled in is not good for us, and it's not good for others. In Psalm 32 and verse 3, David says there, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned to the drought of summer. He later on says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Galatians 6 and verse 1, of course, if, if we have a brother who's overtaken in a trespass, those who are spiritual are to restore that one in the spirit of gentleness, and so our sin becomes something, of course, that can hurt others as well, and we have to be mindful of that. Uh, Galatians two eleven, Peter came to Antioch, and Paul him to the face because he was to be blamed. Why was Peter to be blamed? In Galatians two and verse eleven. And were those actions on a uh, public level or a private level? Everybody saw it, right? Yeah. What he had done affected others. It was a public error, and it needed to be corrected publicly. And so Paul was withstanding him to the face. (laughs) Paul did this, by the way, even though Peter might be considered by some to have more experience and more training, right? (laughs) Uh, There might have been some that, you know, (laughs) Paul, hey, come on. This isn't Peter's first rodeo. But Paul had the faith to correct him when that was needed. So we need to be willing to open up about our problems, and at the same time, we need to be around fellow Christians who are willing to help us out with these issues, willing to stand against our sins, and we ourselves need to be willing to admit to them. How do we confess our trespasses? Uh, Let's remember that Christians are in a state of being saved, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18 uses that phrase, he talks about the message of the cross as foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God so uh, I, I can say that I'm saved but there's also another sense that I'm being saved there's a sense where I'm continually being saved and so if there's sin in our lives it needs to be forgiven so that we can ultimately be saved this needs to be recognized on an earthly basis as well as on a heavenly basis Uh, Jesus told the the apostles in Matthew 18, 18, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The sense that there is a relationship between what we do here on earth and what happens spiritually is very important. And, And, of course, all we're doing in these actions, we're trying to harmonize with what's going on spiritually, aren't we? We're trying to understand what the true nature, for example, with church discipline, Some people talk about, oh, I got kicked out of the church. Well, the hope is that if someone did that in the right way, if the congregation did that in the right way, they're agreeing with what God has already laid down. And and that's the relationship that we have. According to what James says in our reference verse in James 5.16, this confession, I think we can recognize, should be just as public as the sin is. And so if my sin is publicly known, Let's recognize that if I have done wrong, you know, someone saying going forward saying if I've done wrong, if I've hurt anybody, if I've you know, does that fulfill the command? I don't think it does. In fact, I would go so far as to say I don't think there's any kind of uh, uh, of any kind of true repentance or anything like that in that statement. The sin that's known must be admitted by the person that's done that sin, so that others can know what they're forgiving. And know what they're praying for um, you know it's interesting when we have uh, I, I see this on Facebook sometimes you know, someone says you know, unspoken prayer request you all ever heard those unspoken prayer request I got a problem with that how can I know what I'm praying for you know I need to know what if someone's saying unspoken prayer request and they're Wanting something that, that God wouldn't want for their life, you know, I, I'm just, just a random example. <laughs> you know, what if someone wants to go steal steal a store and they want to get away with it? Put on Facebook, unspoken. I know that's a ridiculous idea. We got to know what we're praying for. And so, for example, when someone comes before us and it's just you know it's just more of a general sense that, you know, if I've done wrong. Uh, then that, that's, that's not really what we're talking about. You need to own up to your sin. If my sin is private, I need to go to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness, right? And, and turn from that. But even with this, let me, let's understand that there is a great benefit that James is introducing to us here in confessing our sins to one another. I think there is the element here that we as Christians, as fellow Christians... Can open up to each other about the struggles that we're facing, about the spiritual battles that we're fighting, so that we gain strength from one another. And, and that's what he's saying. Who are we confessing our trespasses to in this verse? Just to one another, yes, sir. And all,
1: all the all heroes, pretty much. I mean, I, their weaknesses are on display, and and you say, well, why would you do that? You know, well, it's. For our benefit, you know, mm-hmm. that those things are revealed to us, uh, so that we might know that, yeah, um, uh, I'm not alone in my struggles with this or that, or the other thing. you know, there's and can I be faithful? Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I would be as faithful as, as Peter or whatever. You know, here's this fallible guy, he's, I mean, he denied mm-hmm. Christ, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. You, you, I think as we do that. I think of it as doing it for each other.
0: Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm.
1: you you open yourself up to those things. Like I've heard you say before, you know that uh, this is a risky business you know, to build that to build those relationships in this way. But um, you know, another thing that we say is, uh, you know, no pain, no gain, or nothing ventured, mm-hmm. nothing gained. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you're not willing. Yeah. To do these things, you know, what's the, you know, is not that benefit very then shrunk?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're going to deal a little bit, we're going to pull a little bit more out of that in just a few minutes. I do want to say that this doesn't require us. I don't believe that this passage is requiring us to air our private sins in front of everybody. Okay. There, there are things that we deal with that if we deal with them, we deal with them, Right. We're not required. But I, and in fact, I would say it's unwise to air our private sins publicly in front of everybody. But I think the, the situation that we're encouraged to look at here is to one another. It's the sense that we're looking for, we need to be on the lookout for brothers and sisters that we can trust and, and, and that we can confide in. And sometimes that can be our spouse uh, sometimes it might just be another close friend, and that's okay if, if, that's, uh, if that's good and right. That's a whole other conversation, of course. Uh, but it's important to note that confession is not limited to the local assembly, but, of course, it's one of the most reasonable opportunities to do so, especially if, uh, if something is publicly known. Well, let's talk about when he says, pray for one another. Um, we've got that song that we sing from time to time, For You I Am Praying. Uh, Hebrews 4 we have the sense that Jesus, uh, in fact, sympathizes with our weaknesses. And in that passage, he says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We need to remember, of course, that our God is not some distant figure that we can't approach. And uh, thankful, of course, for Andrew for, for emphasizing these things of properly approaching God. And it's an interesting balance, right? Because, yes, sir. I just have
2: one thought I was thinking of before you move on from the confession thing. Hmm. Andrew hit on part of our prayers it deals with humility and proper attitude. And that's ultimately what confession helps with, in a sense. You know, we have to have yeah. it to be willing to do that. Yeah. It also, at least for me, helps maintain that humility. Uh, and the brethren and, and God and knowing,
0: hey, i you know, I need his forgiveness all the time. Yes. So
2: that's Absolutely. another good benefit of that confession.
0: Public and private, you know, public. Mm-hmm. No, none of us are superheroes, right? right? And and the the thing is, the only superhero we really have in the scriptures is God and Christ. And even in that sense, Christ is tempted. And you know that's again that's what we see in Hebrews four that everything that that he uh, that, that we could suffer he suffered through he, every battle we could fight he fought, and so we have this great benefit of being able to seek God, and because of this, um, you know what what is what does he say in Spider Man with great power comes great responsibility, that's a sort of a geek reference may have to look that up but. Uh, it's the idea that we've been given this avenue of prayer, and there's an aspect of responsibility with that. We need to be praying for others. Uh, Romans twelve sixteen refers to this. Uh, the sense that prayer, is, it says, there be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. We need to remember that we're not the only ones... Uh, doing things for our brothers and sisters, but uh, God is the one doing these things. God is the one helping us. And so we need to be mindful of others in all of our prayers. We need to take time to mention them by name, if at all possible. We need to keep a list of people or situations that need prayers. Are we doing that on a normal basis? I I flounder with that so often. I'll start a little note or something and I just kind of let it pass by. I I need to improve in that so much. And and so being mindful of that. And then, of course, monitoring our own actions. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you're right with God so that your prayers are fruitful. Any comments or questions on any of that? Let's remember, of course, as well, that that there may be situations that we can be knowing knowing about in other congregations and other places that we need to be praying for. It's not just with our own congregation. And, uh, and we can be mindful of those things and praying in those in those ways so I uh, want to finally talk about the idea that that you may be healed and I say this very clearly again God is our solution turn to Psalm 40 I've got a few uh, bits and pieces that I want to focus on on the PowerPoint there but um, this is such an a, encouraging psalm to me because it tells me that whatever situation I'm dealing with, whatever uh, trouble that I'm going through, that God can listen to me and God can help me out. The psalm 40 in verse 1 I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O oh Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. I want to briefly deal with these five verses because what he's saying is that God listened to him. Right? Uh, he waited patiently. But he, he also had been brought up out of this terrible place. And sometimes with the situations we deal with in life, it, it can feel that way. It can feel like we're in this terrible pit that's just has has uh, mire and muck in it and god can bring us up out of that and why is that well we we can make the lord our trust in verse four and in verse five what's he focusing on he's focusing on all the wonderful things that god's done i think that's one of the biggest keys that we miss and, and when we get wrapped up in these troubles, when we get wrapped up in things, when we get wrapped up in our, in our own life, part of the reason is that we're forgetting the wonderful things that God's done. Satan wants us to forget about all the things that the Lord has done for us, and he wants us to focus on the negative of here and now. We've got to be willing to look past that because God can bring us up out of those things. Look at verse 17, the last verse of the psalm. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. And so there's more to read, of course, in that whole psalm. But uh, just for time's sake, the thought that God can do this. God is our solution. Uh, He's ultimately it. And and, and we need to trust in him and trust in that solution, trust in who he is. Uh, Confession in this sense, in this whole sense, confession and prayer can help to heal us. And uh, we've already kind of dealt with this, but to really be healed, we have to be willing to give help and be willing to accept help. Uh, And by the way, confession is useless if we don't really want to be healed. In, In Luke 6 and verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? When you think about someone approaching you you know, if someone approaches me and confesses sin, what are we going to do? I'm afraid that just saying, well, I'll be praying for you. I mean, that's good, that's helpful, and we need to do that. But I think there is the sense where we need to be willing to help our brothers and sisters correct those sins and to hold them accountable for those sins. Accountability is something that actually brings an atmosphere of safety, and uh, you know, you think about a child growing up, uh, you want to give them direction. You want to give them borders. You want to give them fences so they feel safe. That's ultimately what we see. People in the world even see that. But we need more, brothers and sisters, we need more than sympathetic ears. We need action to help reverse the trend. Now, with someone approaching someone about help, they may ask the question, well, what if they don't respect me anymore? What if I'm I'm confessing this sin you know, you mentioned earlier, Brother Mark, the, the risk factor. You're confessing this sin to them. You're opening yourself up to them. What if they don't respect me anymore? Um, what if that problem's on them. That's I'm sorry? That problems on them. Yeah? Yeah.
1: yeah I mean it goes back to what Matt was saying a ago. I mean if we realize who we are. You know, if we all keep this attitude that we ought to have, that's not—that's a
0: non-issue. An yeah, that's and it should. Not reality all the time, well, you know, it should yeah, be okay. and, and it really should do quite the opposite, right? I mean, if someone has taken the time to open up to me, guess what? They're looking to me for help, and I should have compassion on them, and 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 maybe even have more of a respect for them in the sense that hey, they've they've seen fit to admit their weakness here and to seek help with it. But again, you know. It, it, it's really important that uh, you know, e- even in terms of that there, here's an opportunity that you've created for a brother or sister to help you out that's the, that's the mindset we need to have we don't need to think that we're just burdening other people with our troubles um, that, that's not the mindset we need to have um, of course can we burden people needlessly yeah but if we're dealing with serious problems we need to be willing to, to seek that help
1: Mm -hmm. giving it like you know if you if i come to you and say these things well i just shared a burden you know if we could say we could substitute that word and say a responsibility or whatever i'm giving you a chance to grow Mm -hmm. you know you're going to get a chance to demonstrate your trustworthiness or not you know you're either going to go blab it around or whatever you're not you're going to take that information and use it for my benefit or you're not you know, I'm, you know, it's it's, it's the beauty, beauty
2: of the whole thing. It's both sides. And a feeling do Right. the way it's to be But,
1: different but different yeah, but you, you need to kind of look at sharing that burden. Additionally, as <laughs> it's a you know, I'm giving you a gift. <laughs> you know, one thing I've done is I've shown you, I've, I've shown you a certain amount of trust. You know, yeah, but I'm also sharing that burden or sharing that responsibility with you, and I'm giving you a chance to grow here, to mm. be you know to be something more. I'm giving our relationship a chance to grow. Mm. You know, I'm you know there's there's yeah. a lot going on there, and you don't need to look at it. You know, well I'm gonna just be a man here, and I'm gonna just keep it all to up all the time, and that's 100% <coughs> of my answer. Now mm. sometimes that is the an answer. You know? Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes that's the answer. But uh, if it's all the time your answer, you probably need to check, check that a little bit.
0: And, and if you have that interaction where, you know, you're opening up to someone, from that point on, make sure that this person that you've trusted in, make sure their prayers aren't in vain. And what I mean by that is that don't go forward and just kind of confess and then just, I don't mean go forward, go forward, but <laughs> you know, going forward, it may, that may be, anyway, going forward in time. Regardless of that, going forward in time, don't just say, "Well, I'm I'm intending to do better," and then do nothing about it. Right? Um, we have to seek ways to eliminate sin entirely from our lives. Whether we're dealing with you know a big issue today uh, is going to be internet pornography. Uh, for some people or uh, you know, just different struggles that we have in our life or maybe we've just got a problem with bitterness, maybe we've got a problem with hatred towards someone and, and, and how are we going to deal with that going forward and, and I would suggest that with each successive appearance of that sin the solution should become more and more drastic to have it properly eliminated, that's just sort of an extra little tip there I think that can, that can be helpful Healing can only occur when sin stops Uh, In Acts 19, you have these people who obey the gospel and they had all these books of magic and what did they do with it? Well, they took and and they burned them and they didn't want to go back to that. They they took away their only temptation of going back to that life and that's just a great, great example. There are times, of course, where healing needs to hurt and again, we've kind of uh, dealt with that already to some degree, but uh, again... It does no one good to say, if I've done wrong, please forgive me. Uh, I, I, can, I can't I can pray for someone if I don't know what to pray about. And also, if we deal with sin openly, honestly, and severely, I believe we're going to see growth in our individual lives, in our lives in, 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 as a congregation of God's people. But the only thing keeping us from confessing our sins is our own resentment and pride. We We can't blame anyone else in terms of this. Jesus says... In John seven seventeen, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So if I want to truly follow God, you know, we talked about this morning, people who are truly seeking, nothing's going to stand in my way if I'm really, if that's really what I want. Our hard hearts need to be broken. That's always hard to say. Our uh, hardened hearts need to be broken so that they can be molded by God. David says in Psalm fifty-one, seventeen: the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as has a contrite spirit. So if I want to grow in Christ, I have to be willing to change. And that pressure comes by willing to change. I watched a, uh, saw on the internet one time, a fellow used this example that of lobsters and their shells. Have you all ever heard this example? Apparently lobsters as they grow begin to reach the limits of their shell, and this growth becomes irritating to them. Their soft bodies inside start to rub up against the shells. It's just not pleasant, and so they need to put them, go go under a rock somewhere to protect themselves from predators, shed their shell, and grow a new one. I just think that's an interesting thing to think about. I, I know maybe that sounds a little simplistic, but We need to know that we need to change, and we need to undergo the proper processes to effect that change. And we may have to undergo some risk to do that, but the great benefits that we have after it are are so wonderful. You know, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, We need to make sure that we embrace the positive outcome of confession of our sin. I know that this lesson probably has been more geared toward confession, But again, prayer and confession, I think, are intertwined. It's this idea of being open and honest and sincere with each other and uh, having the love that we need to have to to be who we need to be. So thank you all very much for the discussion. Is there anything else that we need to mention or anything else anybody had about the lesson, questions or comments?
2: What Jesus tells the disciples when he's praying before you know, they come to arrest him about watch and pray lest you enter into temptation—that that's another you know, one of the great mm. benefits of prayer. So much that you can't get it out You know that that idea of our prayer being a way to don't keep us from sinning,
0: mm. you, know, you, know, yeah. you
2: know, avoiding temptation. Jesus yeah. knowing. Knowing what was about to happen and
0: knowing how hard it was going
2: to be for the disciples, was trying to get them
0: built up to be able to get through that. By them to watch them pray. And even though it was the middle of the night, and you know, we would probably say early morning, right. um, he's encouraging them to stay awake and to be vigilant and to be watching. Yeah. So, and and being praying praying in that. So very good, very good thought.